welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calico, New York. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are some of this week's top stories. Last week, the Sullivan County Legislature voted in favor of becoming lead agency for the secret process for the proposed renovation of the John J.J. McGough Terminal at the Sullivan County International Airport at their special meeting on February 9th. However, the renovation proposition is underlined by a series of environmental concerns regarding toxic chemicals in the current terminal. In November of last year, the New York State DEC issued an investigation of the airport's current terminal, finding that hazardous man-made chemicals, known as PFAS, put public and environmental safety in jeopardy. The airport was listed as a Class II site in the State Registry of Inactive Hazardous Waste Sites, which represents a significant threat to the public health or the environment. The report stated that the action to remediate the situation is required. The toxicity is reportedly due to the PFAS that are associated with past use of aqueous film forming foam during fire training activities on site. Sullivan County Attorney Michael McGuire noted that although a layout map of the Sullivan County International Airport had been created just only over a year ago, a new map must be drafted to show the blueprint of the proposed terminal as the secret process continues. Additionally, the legislature passed a resolution during their emergency meeting to contract McFarland Johnson Incorporated to perform on-call services at the Sullivan County International Airport. Some public commenters brought up their concerns of the environmental impacts. Deputy County Attorney Tom Colley spoke in response, saying that the secret analysis regarding the terminal will go into effect when the review is completed. Division of Public Works Commissioner Ed McAndrew said that the cleanup process remains in the investigation stage, which began in 2017. Once this stage is completed, McAndrew said that the analysis will be submitted to the DEC. In other news, tourism and hospitality took center stage at a at a legislative breakfast put on by the New York State Hospitality and Tourism Association and Sullivan Catskills Visitors Association. SCVA President and CEO Roberta Byron Lockwood told the packed room that the purpose of the breakfast was to talk about hospitality issues, how it impacted every person in the room, as well as its impact as, on an, as an industry on regional and state levels. She added that it was also to discuss what they needed at the federal, state, and local levels to, quote, really make the entire tourism synergy kick. Speakers and panelists included the Hospitality Association President Mark Dorr, Byron Lockwood, SCVA Board of Directors Chair Eric Francis, U.S. Representative Mark Molinaro, New York State Assemblywoman Aileen Gunther, as well as regional leaders of tourism agencies in Delaware, Green, and Ulster counties, who along with Sullivan make up the state's tourism region. Topics included regional tourism funding programs, New York State Matching Funds Program, ADA website lawsuits, short-term rentals, predictive scheduling legislation, tourism improvement districts, workforce housing, and various grant-slash-tax credit programs. For more on that story, check out our website, scdemocratonline.com. Shifting over to foie gras, which has been a controversial topic in New York City, for local business Hudson Valley foie gras, New York City represents one of its largest markets and accounts for 25%, or roughly $10 million, of its sales to fine dining restaurants throughout the city. Politicians in the city are trying to change that and stop the sale of foie gras from being sold within the five boroughs, calling the practice of producing foie gras inhumane. While a local law was passed to stop the sale, the New York State Supreme Court put an injunction on the law while the New York Department of Agriculture and Markets reviewed it. 
The state ultimately commented that the local law, quote, unreasonably restricts the duck farms in Sullivan County from operating, thus allowing the sale to continue. Now, New York City is is suing New York State over the New York Department of Agriculture and Markets decisions to allow the sale of foie gras to continue. The legislative record reflects a decision by the city that it values animal welfare over a luxury food item that requires forced feeding of birds, according to the New York Supreme Court filing. Marcus Henley, vice president of Hudson Valley Foie Gras, says if New York City wins, it will dramatically impact the over 300 workers on the farms. Henley says that while the battle continues, they will ultimately prevail. He said if New York City wins, it will set a bad precedent, leaving the door open for other products to be banned like beef or chicken. It's almost as if they have unlimited power, Henley said. The Democrat reached out to the State Department of Agriculture and Markets for comment, but did not hear back by press time. Hudson Valley Foie Gras and LaBelle Farms are two of the largest producers of foie gras in America and are both based in Sullivan County. Animal rights activists have called the procedure of creating foie gras, which is done by feeding a mallard duck multiple times a day with a plastic tube, inhumane and cruel. Voters for animal rights previously told the Democrat, quote, New York City has the right to ban the sale of a cruel product that comes from tortured animals. The foie gras industry's attempt to overturn the will of the democratically elected New York City Council by calling on their friends and Department of Agriculture and Markets to help is a last-ditch effort. Foie gras is a product of cruelty and has no place in our city. We are confident that the ban will go into effect. The Democrat will continue to cover the foie gras situation as it further develops. For the full story by st- reporter-photographer Patricio Orbio, head to our website scdemocratonline.com. Shifting over to the town of Thompson, according to a Supreme Court filing in Sullivan County, the Article 78 petition against the Thompson Planning Board and Avon Warehouse Project was denied by the Honorable David M. Gandon. Residents and businesses opposed to the project filed a petition citing Article 78 seeking to vacate and annul the Thompson Planning Board approved negative declaration in June 2022. Thompson Planning Board declared the negative declaration on the Avon Warehouse project last year, stating that it would not have a negative impact on the environment under New York's CECRA. However, residents and organizations like the Lake Communities Association said instead that the project would have an adverse environmental impact due to the fact that the project involves clearing trees along with soil and water disturbances. The developers are projected to build town warehouse buildings totaling 560,000 square feet and proposed changing traffic patterns within Rock Hill to accommodate increased traffic flow. The petitions filed against the project said the Thompson Planning Board failed to do an in-depth analysis on the site to warrant a neg deck, such as air quality testing, wetlands, and many others that were left unaddressed according to the petition. An Article 78 proceeding is used to appeal a recent decision made by a local agency in the suit named the Thompson Planning Board and Glen Wildland Company, LLC, as defendants. The courts established that Thompson Planning Board took a, quote, requisite hard look at the potential environmental consequences of the proposed project before issuing the negative declaration. Furthermore, the court disagreed with the suit's assertion that the neg deck should be annulled, quote, on grounds that the Avon Commercial Project Park Project will be used as a distribution center in violation of the town of Thompson's town code. The court said the secret review may not serve as a vehicle for adjudicating legal issues concerning compliance with local government zoning. Chet Smith, a Rock Hill resident and one of those who filed the Article 78 suit, 
said it was their belief that the judge erred in a matter of law that has a significant impact on the community. He later added that the group is disappointed in exploring other options. According to the courts, the project was approved for a warehouse facility under the town code and will need to comply with any zoning laws if the project should seek other uses down the road. Moreover, the filing said those who filed Article 78 expressed concerns that the project would have other uses other than what was approved. The court filing said, quote, their content is speculative and thus not ripe for judicial review. The Democrat reached out to the attorneys for the Avon commercial project, but did not hear back by press time, and we will continue to follow this issue going forward. Minority leader and District 8 legislator Ira Steingart, who previously was undecided on if he would run again this November, has made up his mind. He will not seek re-election. Steingart, a Democrat, has represented constituents in District 8 for 12 years. He said that after a certain amount of time, he believes it's not a bad idea to have term limits and for someone else with different ideas to come in. He said, quote, I've worked hard my whole life, but I'm not ready to retire. I'm sure I'll find something to do. On the other side of the political aisle, the Republicans of Sullivan County recently met to pick candidates they would endorse in the major elections this fall. According to Chairman Gary Moss, they endorsed Alan Keston for county coroner, Russell Reeves for county clerk, and Tom Cauley for district attorney. Furthermore, even though Cauley received the endorsement, the committee by majority vote granted acting district attorney Brian Connedy, a Democrat, a Wilson-Pakula authorization, which will allow him to seek a primary against Cauley if he so chooses. The committee also endorsed a slate of candidates for Sullivan County Legislature. They endorsed Legislative Chairman Rob Doherty in District 1, Vice Chair Michael Brooks in District 3, Joanne Jasper in District 2, Nicholas Salamone in District 4, George Conklin and Joe Perillo in Districts 5 and 7, respectfully, former Fallsburg Town Judge Amanda Ward in District 8, and former Ulster County Legislative Chair and now Rock Hill resident Terry Bernardo in District 9. That concludes today's episode of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe. We'll catch up with you again next week with the latest news.